0: Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 118. Welcome back, Adam Antomaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you for tuning in today. Today especially because we have a super cool episode of the podcast for you. I know I say that probably every time, but today couldn't be more true. Today we have Aaron Jones on the podcast and chances are you might not have heard of Aaron Jones before and that's why I'm super excited to bring this episode to you. Aaron has just put out what I think could be the album of 2021. It is the best rock and roll album I've heard in a long time. The album's called Child of the State. It came out May 21st. It is a must-download, must-stream, must-go-out-and-buy-on-vinyl. Whatever you have to do to hear this album, go and do it. Officially, it's actually Aaron's debut album. And if you're a fan of rock and roll music, this is the album for you. I've been a big fan of Aaron since I heard his single Take Me Away on a Spotify playlist last year. So as you would expect, I was super stoked to get the opportunity to chat with Aaron. We did so over Zoom because uh, we're still doing our virtual series episodes for now. But I'm definitely hoping we can get Aaron back on the podcast for a follow-up episode when touring picks up again. So before we jump into today's episode, let's do the Adamantium Recommend segment because I can easily pick five songs off of Child of the State alone to recommend to you. I mean, really, go listen to the album from beginning to end because it is definitely worthy of it. But for the sake of the podcast, here are my five favorite songs. Starting with his first two singles, the first of which I mentioned already is called Take Me Away. The second one is called Mercy. And then the third song I'm going to recommend is called Free. The fourth song is called My Love Remains. And then my fifth recommendation is the song Killing Season. But like I said, just go check out Child of the State. Put it on, beginning to end. You will thank me later. You'll thank A-Ron later. You'll thank the city of Seattle later for giving us A-Ron and that Seattle sound. You will thank the likes of Jimi Hendrix and Michael Jackson and Nirvana and Soundgarden and Lenny Kravitz and Run DMC. Because A-Ron's music is a culmination of rock and roll and blues and soul and hard rock and grunge and uh, hip-hop. And uh, I think I've said enough. I think I've said enough if, uh, if you're not buying it by now, then there is no selling you. <laughs> so go check out Child of the State. And maybe you are an Aaron Jones fan that is tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the very first time today. So if you are, thank you for very much for tuning in. Thank everyone for tuning in. I always appreciate it. Whether you've listened once or you've listened 118 times, you are appreciated. But if you are listening for the first time, I would love for you to hit that subscribe button on whichever network you are choosing to get your podcasts. You could also check out the Adamantium podcast on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. But you can also find us just by searching the Adamantium podcast. And that's about it for now, so let's get into today's episode. That's episode number 118 of the Adamantium podcast featuring Aaron Jones. We also have some really exciting episodes coming up in the next couple weeks, so don't forget to tune back in. Have a great week, everyone. I hope you enjoy the episode, and I hope you enjoy Aaron's debut album, Child of the State. yeah what's up man hey how you doing man good good you might be the first person to ever join one of these early <laughs> oh
1: word. that's tight man yeah i was just you know i was just posted up we were i had taken my daughter out to get some pho mm. for uh for, for lunch and uh we were, we were kind of running late
0: and i was like oh we gotta get back to an interview we got here early and i was like oh well yeah, man, it's always. Oh. <laughs> it's the, I, that's what I was gonna say. I think it's the first one in these virtual episodes that's actually run a little bit early, but that's great, man. Good. Man, before before we get started, I have to tell you, man, Child of the State, I think is the best rock and roll album I've heard this year. Thank you, man. Thank man, you, man. It, of- it is so sick. It's so refreshing to hear and i mean as you can probably tell i'm a i'm a big rock and roll guy that's my my thing and and it's yeah. the best pure rock and roll album i've heard in a really long time so thank you man thank you really thank you it. man thank you it's so refreshing i mean i've i have been a fan since the since i first heard take me away which yes. came on a, a spotify playlist last year and it blew me away man i was like who is this guy <laughs> Thanks, so, man. Thank you. so thank you thank you for taking some time out of your day um now that the, the album's out, it's been out about a week. Tell me, uh, let's start off, tell me how you're feeling. Are you feeling relieved, refreshed, you know, what's...
1: Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I, I am, um, I'm um still anxious. I want to, I, I'd love to see how it spreads, you know. It's one thing when the album drops. And um, for me as a new artist, it's like, um, I'm just now seeing who who it's, it's reaching, you know. It's not like uh, when, you know, someone... Like uh, the pretty reckless drop, something you know mm-hmm. they've had a fan base for a long time, so they know exactly where it's going to go, and then it's going to expand beyond that. For me, it's like a first time kind of thing, and um, so I'm just anxious to see how, how far it goes. You know what I'm saying? But I'm happy. I am relieved that it's out. I am. I'm also relieved that um, people are taking to it so well. You know, I've gotten a lot of compliments on the record and, and the sound of the record, so I'm very happy about that. Yeah,
0: that's awesome, man. Um, you you did you brought up a good a good point about finding what that audience is and because you've kind of you've got so many stylistic influences Mm. on this on this record and just in your music in general so has there been any kind of surprises on what like what type of audience you've been reaching
1: um, you know, it's hard to tell yet. I, I can't really say just yet. I don't I don't really know everything I, I see right now. It's all virtual. Um, I suspect I won't really know until I really start getting out there in front of people and, and touring and doing that. You know, um, so I, I can't really tell you just off the hand. I, I can say that, um, you know, it is I can see a ver- variation of different kinds of people from all over the spectrum. You know, mm-hmm. I've got which is really great. Um, but like I said, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, it, 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 it's, you know, I'm in the inside looking out, so it's really hard for me to yes. be like, oh, what's going on, you know. But but I I do see that there are so many different people from different walks of life kind of being tuned into what's going on. Um, I have seen uh, you know some of the reactions where like you know maybe maybe someone doesn't like this song or that song, but they have one two or three songs on the record even though that like these other songs aren't quite their style that's too hard rock over here or that's too soft over here but i love these guys over here so it's definitely getting doing what i intended to do which is kind of cross branding and, and
0: getting people from different yeah lives, i saw i saw lots of love from the guys in shinedown on twitter yeah. and exactly. uh, that must be some pretty cool uh pretty cool feeling to have
1: Yeah, it's cool, man. You know, we know we we um we share management, and so our um it's all love, man. I mean, like it's really great to to be a part of something like that within Mm -hmm. a family of people like that. Especially, you know, the shine shine down guys are legendary. You know, award winning dudes, man. So, um just to have just to know that that you know I'm I'm in their conversations and in their minds, and the fact that they're just they're pushing as well. I mean, like it's it's a real honor, you
0: know. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Has it always been something that's been really important to you to incorporate all these like all the different styles that have influenced you over, over your life?
1: Yeah. Since I was a little boy, man, I, I remember back when I was like 14 years old, I've been, I've been like one year into playing guitar. And, uh, and at the time I was, I was talking to my boy and my boy was really into hip hop. And I was like, yo, we're going to make this thing called raw, the, the rap rock association worldwide. You know? <laughs> yeah. you know, he was like, yeah, raw. And then, uh, you know, we grew up and, and, and obviously we went our different paths, but that always stuck with me, man. Like that was always the, the intention was I love so many different sounds and genres of music and my favorite artists growing up, like Michael Jackson and, and Mike Prince, you know, they, uh, they didn't sit in one genre, you know, they, they brought it all together. So it was my, always my intention to bring, you know, the Seattle, bring that to the Seattle sound, you know, it's like that, that cross branding into this like, Mm-hmm. The sound like the, the, the Leslie sound, the distorted, you know, untethered guitar sound, like all those things. Like bring all those genres into this sound and then put it back out, you know.
0: Right. And then one thing I one thing I did kept seeing when, whenever I would, would look up anything about you is that importance of that Seattle being a Seattle artist, being that Seattle sound. Describe to someone who maybe doesn't know a nineties grunge or anything, you know, what makes an artist quote unquote Seattle sound
1: uh blues <laughs> is what yeah. it is I, if you really want if you really want me to be honest with you i mean yeah it's funny and this is this is something I, I haven't really spoken about too much yet but um it's it's interesting when a black rock artist comes out and and you know especially like someone like myself who's definitely playing playing more of a classic style of rock um, mm. um you get branded as blues rock you know which is so it's always a really interesting turn to me that that, that yeah. that's the case you know I, I i actually listen to this dude who you know was doing a review online. And he was like, I'm, he was an, an UK guy. He said, the joys out on A. Ron Jones, just another blues rock album. You know, and I'm like, he's like, I'll give it a 3.5. Maybe a full with Joy's out, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so uh, I'm listening to this guy talk and it's like everywhere I go, I'm like, I, I, I get that there's this blues influence, but if you look at the Seattle sound as a whole, mm-hmm. these were these were guys that had a, a punk background and they had a hardcore background, a metal background had an affinity for the blues man mm-hmm. And if you listen closely to what the seattle sound really is it's it's like it's taking the blues and infusing it into this really hardcore sound mm-hmm. and um and you know using cla- elements of classic classic rock and roll um and also I, I would say um stylistically um when you listen to most most grunge records that it's there's this loud soft thing that happens right which mm-hmm. is like very pixies you know where it's very yeah. basic Basic verses, huge choruses. Basic verses, huge choruses. Um, you know, and, and that untethered sound, man, like that—that that high distortion, high feedback, high gain, all that. You know, that—that that I think to me encompasses the Seattle sound. You know, it's—it's it's really taking that darkness and putting it, putting, in inserting that soul into a dark sound. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I think it is. You know, and, and it's just interesting that, you know, when you go around like myself and Gary Clark Jr. And, and and other cats, you know, and I can even understand Gary Clark even more so because Gary Clark definitely has taken more of a RB, you know kind of pop soul route
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but when he came out he was hardcore rock man so yeah. it, you know, and it's just one of those things we can't escape uh you know it's, it's not, not that we can't escape it's, gotta, it's something we have to overcome um but like i said man that, that grunt sound is really it's i, I once to talked to barrett martin about this who was a huge influence on me huge uh inspiration and, and a mentor to me um as i was growing in the music industry and um, he said it best. He said, you know, if the, if the, these guys would love to be called New Blues, <laughs> you know, because that's what they were trying to do. That was right. what they were trying to
0: Man, I mean, even that, the sound, the first time I, like I said, the first time I heard Take Me Away, the first thing that grabbed me was was the guitar.
1: Mm-hmm. You know?
0: And some of the, you know, as your hat says, some of the filthiest guitar riffs yeah, that yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard in one song. And there's one particular riff comes after a double drum beat. Mm-hmm. It's that. Dun-dum-dum.
1: Yeah. yeah that's,
0: mm-hmm. that's the one. And like, that's one of the, the first time I heard it, man. I got goosebumps. No, man. Thank you. It's cool. So uh, do you remember when that, that riff came to you?
1: man uh i don't i mean i kind of do let me think i you know what i i do remember when it came to me and it was one of those things that like you know, it was a, uh, when i was jamming and doing all these blues shows you know around the the, the city like that's initially where i started out was like mm. doing these, like you know trying to get in, th- in these bars and like associating myself with the blues jams around seattle trying to get gigs just to keep afloat and make a little bit of money um and in doing that, like, I had, you know, you'd sit there for hours and just jam and wail away on these solos forever just to consume time because you're lost in the moment. And I remember thinking to myself, as I'm getting more, you know, boating bold, myself more towards the commercial market where, you know, I'm, I'm writing for music, I had to find it, a riff that was going to just, like, be that thing, you know. And instead of taking, like, this whole seven-minute solo, like, just grab little pieces of it. So that was kind of what my, my mindset was. Was It like, was the first time I'd use that riff over and over again in, in okay. different moments of my life and then I was like doom doom I also remember um you know the uh, the guys from World Blood I was also been inspirational in that moment too because I, that's I my mean, favorite like, album from this year. I love those guys, man. Yeah. Those guys are so cool. I uh I've stayed in contact with them over the years and um but I we did a show, we opened that Guns and Road show at the Gorge a few years mm-hmm. ago. And, um, you know, and there were so many similarities to our sound. I mean, I definitely had a more of a soulful sound and they were definitely a li- little heavier, you know, but like mm-hmm. I was like, I need to grab some of that, you know, and put it in my stuff. So those guys are also in my mind as I, was, I w- as I was creating the riff for that song, that, that uh, particular song, yeah.
0: That's very cool. Actually, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. But, um, that song, I mean, I, I got a bit of a Hendrix vibe too from it, which is obviously one of your main influence. Right. Um, the song itself is, is about some of your uh abandonment as a child yeah was was that something you were all were you ever nervous about putting like talking about that in public or like did you have to overcome that for the sake of the music or is it something you've always been pretty open about
1: um i had to i I, you know i don't know if i had to overcome it it's something i've lived with for a long time right so this happened when i I was at a young age and um you know there, there. i don't know if i was nervous i can't say that because for a long the longest time i just didn't talk about it you know i just Mm -hmm. didn't no one i mean I've known people here in Seattle you know, I've had friends here for ten plus years who have, who had no idea that that kind of stuff would happen. You know, mm-hmm. and um, as I reached this precipice of, to my career, it was, I knew I was like, I mean, stop faking it. You know, what I'm trying to say one of my biggest quarrels with society is that we just fake shit, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I can't stand it. It's like everything we do is around some sort of religious, almost almost like a religious umbrella ideology, right? Like mm-hmm. this is your idea of marriage, this is your idea of this, this is your idea of this, this, is your idea of this. But the real truth is that real human nature looks nothing like that. You know? And so for me, it was like, let's just stop, you know, beating around the bush and just tell the real story. You know, my mom, my mom and dad suffered in during the crack era. I'm, I'm a child of that era. There are so many kids just like me from that era that have never gotten a voice and never gotten an opportunity to be heard or even being showed any kind of love or attention that they need to be better people in society, you know, and I'm, I'm lucky enough to have had family members that took me in, um, to help me, you know, become, you know, grow and be a better person and to keep me on the right path and keep me away away from being distracted by this lifestyle that was was really was attractive to me. It was pulling me in because that's where my family is from, you know. Mm. Um, and so my aunt kept me away from all that. And then music became my, my wings, man. And as much as I love my auntie, I, I had to get out of the house and not because of her or anything else. It wasn't because of her. It was just yeah. because I, I just like I needed to go find out who I was, you know, my identity. It such a mystery to me not having parents around you know those are your storytellers man your grandparents your parents all those people you know my my grandma died you know i i didn't even really know who my grandma was until i was like 12 years old you know and then and then you know shortly after that she died three years later after that she died and then my mother died you know in my early 20s and i, I in and out of my life and then my father died you know about five years ago now so it's like you know music was my way of seeing the world. It was my portal, it was my passport to, mm. to something new, you know, and, and my guitar was, was, was that it just, it, it, it transported me to, to different parts of this nation and got me in contact with so many different parts of the world. I got to see and, and create and do beautiful things through my music because of that. So uh, that's really what take me away. He talks about it. It's about my guitar. It's about my music. It's about, it's about me like, like flying away and flying out of these problems. You know, I just couldn't call it fly away. Cause you know, Kravitz,
0: <laughs> so funny, actually. Before going back to that, I did yeah. read that the first song you ever learned on the guitar was "Fly Away" by Lenny Kravitz. Right, right. Also, also the first song I ever learned on the guitar. Yeah, man. Did, yeah. You, did you? So easy, man. It's a yeah. power chord. Four, four power chords. Yeah, man. And I felt man, so I, badass when I played it for the first time. You so
1: good. Yeah, you know, I felt so good. I felt like I was a god. I was like, yeah. yes,
0: I got it. it's such a powerful riff, even though it's so simple. It's it's mm-hmm. such a powerful riff, and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really, when I read that, I was like, no way. Cause I've literally said that in interviews before I've asked artists, yeah. what was the first song you learned? And my, I was like, mine's fly away. So when I read that, I thought that was so sick.
1: Yeah, man. I just, it was uh, on, on that. Uh, did you ever get the Strat Pack? They used to call it Strat Pack back in the day. No, it's oh, that? Deal. It, when you got it, you got the, uh, you got the Affinity Squire Stratocaster and then the Little
0: okay. Champ, Champ Amp. Okay. And,
1: the, and so it's like really sweet. It was your first starter pack guitar set yeah, yeah. I remember just like thinking, I was like, I had the distortion, the button press distortion turned up. And I was like, "Uh." and when it was the first time I, I, before that I was playing on like this little shitty acoustic, you know? And so I couldn't really get the power cord down. So I finally get this
0: guitar and I'm just like,
1: Oh my God, I'm doing it. it." (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: That's, that's a way better first time. Mine was like a rental. Mine was like, Mm. I rented a guitar before, you know, I ended up with, uh, I, I, well, in the end I ended up becoming a drummer, but the uh, the first guitar I my real first guitar actually I got a, I got a Yamaha as a gift but my real yeah. first guitar that I purchased was in high school or in early university I became I was a huge Iron Maiden fan and all I wanted nice. to play, <laughs> all I wanted to play was really fast riffs and mm-hmm. so I got myself a Jackson Kelly of course <laughs> and, yeah <laughs> and uh with like the sickest paint job you could yeah i like, could find you know save everything oh, yeah. yeah i spent like the neon, like neon green with the splatter black on it you know it's it's one it's a graveyard um, oh nice yeah nice. and uh i think you know the paint job itself costs an extra you know <laughs> mm-hmm. i saved everything for it but that's so cool man i mean man i i i I mean i love your story more than anything too and you know i'm a big believer in that things happen for a reason and they happen when they happen for a reason so you know who knows who knows where we would have been if we had not had those experiences
1: it's so it's so true man i um you know as much as you can look go back and say i wish it was different uh, you know i i was put on this path for a reason and Mm. you know it's it's it really is my duty to 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 bring that story back to people and so that we, we could actually make a, a change as, mm-hmm. as a society, you know, and, and yeah. as a people, we bring attention to these things like, you know, we, we, we all need to have a little more compassion for people that we don't mm. understand. And,
0: yeah.
1: you know, it's like a lot of, a lot of this, these hardships that we're facing and you know, all the of hatred that we're facing, it, it didn't just start overnight. This happened. These are, these are little kids who just needed, needed love and attention. Mm -hmm. and, and nobody was there for them. And now, now look where we are, you know, so we we, we can heal our society. If we start learning how to, how to to really pay attention to those, those people that don't have anybody, man.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 I don't have not nearly the same situation you did, but I I lost my dad five years ago. And just the perspective that my life has changed in five in five years is I'm a, you know, I'm 32. Now I'm a completely different person. When I was 26, 27. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, another, your, your latest single mercy, um, also such a sick song, but Mm -hmm. as I think it's a really important song, obviously it was written at a very important time. Um, you know, I read that it wasn't created at about any one moment of, of 2020 and, and what was going on in 2020, which is obviously one of the most turbulent times in American history, but at what point were you like, I need to write a song. Like, I need to write about this now. You know, like, Was there a time where you're just like, this needs to be made?
1: So what's funny, man, it's like, what's going to be interesting about the record, I think when we, when we move forward, depending on how far it goes and all that stuff, is when people look back, they're going to ask, mm-hmm. how did this, this album come together? Most of the songs on this record, I mean, there was a half, half of the songs were written back when I was like, I was younger you know and mm-hmm. I, I rebranded them i remade them mm-hmm. i beefed them up you know I, I made them more modern made them sound like where i was at today you mm-hmm. know um and like i the grown-up version of myself you know yeah. but most of this record was written in one two days per song
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know so mercy wasn't a song where i was like sitting in this room i was like this needs to be talked about mm-hmm. but it was like this moment we all can't we just, i you know because i i in the room with scott Steves, marty Fredrickson. And, uh, and and they already had the, the you know, I could see my brothers falling We were just working on this chorus line. And it, and it just kind of developed. And I was like, man, this is just pouring out of me. And, and, and so this, this is what needs to be talked about at this moment, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and for me, it's like I just came from the West Coast. You know, I live here in Seattle. And I live across the street from the beach. And, um, you know, the there was, there was fires blanketing the whole West Coast. Seattle was under a cloud of smoke. He woke up and it was orange outside. Mm-hmm. The, the, the smoke filtering through the smoke the sun filtering through the smoke and then i couldn't see across the street you know we had to close the windows and it's hot man it's summertime and we were, it was just a, a miserable time man so i i mean all that stuff had to be captured in that and also like but more than anything i, I wanted to capture what i felt like just being black in this country in that moment you know that was, was what it came down to and you know i, I think i say whatever i said in in the press because i, I didn't want pe- people to be already automatically put off at the time because everyone was so mm-hmm. ready to fight about something you know so if i'm like oh yeah i'm just trying to show you that my black matters i'm, I'm turning off a whole section of people that don't even care what i have to say mm-hmm. that term right there just turned them off because that's just, they know that they're against that term you know right. so i had to say that i had to say that without saying it you know so for me it was really about putting that in, in into metaphorical words to get you to think about it because the, the person singing it is it looks this way mm-hmm. um and so when i'm talking about what i'm talking about Know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you know that I'm talking about what how how there's all these injustices happening all these things happening to, to people that look like me. I mean, I, I've grown up with this stuff, you know what I'm saying? So When people are, everyone's like, oh, this new stuff happening these days. This isn't new, right? This has been happening our whole life. I grew up with people telling me that they got drugs planted on them. I grew up with people saying that, that they weren't doing it. They were sitting on the side of the road, not doing nothing. They got hemmed up, and they got taken to jail over over some bogus charges. I've I've, I've I've been messed with by police. I've, I've been seeing it my whole life, and uh, I felt like as a person who was finally at this level of the game, I had to say something. I didn't want to say something that was going to like automatically put off my brothers you know who don't understand you know and my sisters that don't understand because they're not gonna they're not gonna hear me so i'm like yo black lives matter here's why they don't care about that man but if i say i see my brothers falling i hear heaven calling the devil won't let me be they know exactly what i'm talking about mm-hmm. they know exactly what i'm talking about so that's why this song was so important yeah
0: what i what i like about it too is there you know obviously there's some frustration but there you you made sure there was like a, a, a glimmer of hope in there too, you know, yeah. of and, and getting through this. Mm-hmm. Um, was it very, was it very important to you to have that in there instead of it just being a song about rage and what's, you know, or what's getting, what's, you know, upsetting you?
1: Right. It was super important because we're still here, man. (laughs) That was like, that was the biggest part, bro. It's like, I I, listen, man, I have, I have fans and I have friends that are not, that don't think like me on an ideological standpoint Mm -hmm. at all. We We don't even come close. We probably strongly disagree with each other. But those are still my brothers and sisters, man. Mm-hmm. And it was important for us to to realize if if anybody could just to step outside of your ideology for a moment and look at the fact that we're still standing with each other. We might be arguing and yelling each other's faces. Some of us are going beyond that. Some of us are going going to blows over it. But st- we're still standing here. Even if we're fighting, we still care, you know. And so it's important for us to realize that there is still a meeting place for our ideologies to to find a little bit of understanding. Uh, because the two parties are still having the conversation, man. As long as we're still having those conversations, I think there's always going to be hope. Um, and I think that just, you know, if, if, with all that we even went through last the last two years even, we're still here. And that was so important for me to let people know that, you know. And uh, I, I want rock and roll to be a meeting place for the conversation. Rock and roll to be a meeting place for, for people, you know, who maybe don't get it, man. You know, let's yeah. just, let's just talk about it. I'll help you get it, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine what, what the music industry would be like without people like rage against the machine
1: system
0: system of a down or, you know, that, that, that throw these, you know, that aren't scared to, to speak their mind. And and Mm -hmm. it does make a change, you know, um, it reaches a whole bunch of people that. that reaches a whole bunch of people that maybe don't even aren't even aware, you know,
1: Exactly, and yeah. so and it's funny because as you say that, like uh, there are people that were like, "When where did you get the machine become so political?" It's like you had these cats at young ages yeah. that, that were just jamming out this music and probably really loved it, and, they, and it mm. meant something to them, but didn't even realize that they were they were they were in love with something that was maybe like getting them to see the world in a different way, you know, yeah. and they get older and their ideologies change and they're like, Oh, how could they, you know what? Well, that's you too, buddy. Like you were, you supported these guys at this point because you love what they're saying, you know, Yeah. you yeah. just don't realize it, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, and I, I was consistent with Down's an amazing example, because that is an issue that most of us are completely unaware of here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. It's
0: um, is, has it, is there an example that you wish to set for other, uh, black artists in America around the world, especially in the, the rock and roll industry.
1: Example. I don't know if there's an example I want to say. I, I, I would say this, though. I, I, would, I would love to help blaze a trail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to open up the conversation and a way for other Black artists who are in a similar genre or, or you know, in a similar situation as myself, which is like, you know, being Black and rock is it's obviously, it's it's foreign to most people, you know, but mm-hmm. it's, I think it's, uh, we're at a good time period right now where we can start opening the conversation up to realize that the American way su- supersedes um, skin color. The mm-hmm. American way supersedes skin color, man. The American way rock and roll supersedes any of that and it's important for us to kind of you know really open ourselves up to to more and mm-hmm. i hope to be, the the
0: conversation started for more you know and i think yeah. i think that's the that's the hope well and, and at the end of the day i mean the, the music it speaks for itself too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah man. absolutely um one song on the album that i'm a big fan of but i haven't really heard you speak much about is the song my love remains yeah you know so little about it so I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about this song and, and its origin.
1: Yeah, man. So, um, you know, when I talk about those, what comes with abandonment issues, and like I said, I speak, I speak for a lot of people, I think, when it comes to this, because a lot of people go through this. Um, a lot of us have mommy or dad issues or both, you know. And, and uh, when I talk about uh, My Love Remains, you know, I'm speaking about that. Like, you know, there's this void that happens when you don't have parents, you know, like there's a, a love that you receive. But there's also a tremendous amount of love for you to give, and if you don't have a place to put that love, where does it go? You know, and so um, my love remains is just that. And so, and, and my, those issues with, with that, and especially with my mother and my father's mother, really my mother, because of the way she showed up and in and out of my life, and there's there a lot of disappointment there. You know, and like a lot of times I I would think we're having a really great time, and then something crazy would happen, or you think you're having a good time, and then and she's all drugged up, or some some drug deals going on, or something's happening around you. You know, so um, it, Really affected me. And what it did was create a pattern of relationships in my life that, that ultimately, you know, I, I suffered from emotionally. And I'm now, mind you, when I wrote the song, which is like, I was in my early 20s and I thought, you know, it was like, oh my God, my life is ending because my girlfriend broke up with me. Right. But, um, but at the time, you know, it's, you know, you're not realizing that you're just kind of following this pattern of what you've known your whole life, which is like yeah. this in and out absence in, in your life and it's repeating over and over again. So you're trying to find this place to put this love and and it's not. It's not sticking anywhere. It's not sticking. You got a girlfriend here. She loves you. Oh, you broke her heart. You know, you got a girl here. She loves you. You, you. you ditched her too. You know, every time you keep trying to put your love somewhere, it doesn't go anywhere. So it's almost, it's almost my way of saying like, even though you're now long gone, it's still here. You know, my love remains
0: right here and I'm trying to find a place to put that love. So that's really what it's talking about. That's really cool, man. I like that. Yeah. yeah I had no idea. That's yeah. That was one of the, one of the songs, like I said, I got to listen to it. We had a, it was a long weekend here in, in Canada. Yeah. So uh, I got sent an early copy, but I didn't get to listen to it till last. And I must have listened—I listened to the record like three times last night. Right on, that man. was that was one that stuck with me. I think I texted my girlfriend like three times, being like, "This yeah. you have to hear this album, man."
1: Yeah, man, I, I love that song for that reason, man. I, I get that a lot, like a lot of catch. Like, I gotta call my girlfriend, bro.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it> was, <laughs> it <was for> sure. <laughs> for sure,
1: man. That's that song right there, man. I, I, which I love because you know. Um, that's one of my secret powers being able to write these like really powerful love ballads, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I just like, like I said, like I have a lot of love. I have an understanding of love. I think that most people in a perspective that most people don't really get to get to have about mm-hmm. this, this subject, you know, just like I've seen it in so many different ways. And because I, when you grow up, you're like, you see the kids with their parents or whatever you go, wow, you observe love in this really interesting way. And so mm-hmm. um, this is that, that, that song for me, you know, and that's like, that's kind of like the perspective on love for me.
0: Uh, and love is one of those, topics that's so bizarre that two people from two very different walks of life can meet somewhere in the middle and be so perfect you know yeah yeah it's completely you can't even explain it you know (laughs) yeah it's true man so true yeah um a little lighter tell me about in in april i read that you partnered with fender
1: yeah Uh, tell me
0: tell me what's going on with, with fender
1: Oh, you know, I've been a Fender kid my whole life, man. I told you about the Strat Pack, where you know that was my first big electric guitar, and and uh, but also I grew up watching these Fender players, man: Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix, Albert King. You know, oh, not Albert. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the uh, uh, Buddy Guy, um, Eric Clapton um but especially in seattle man you had you know Jimi hendrix you had nirvana you know you had uh uh uh, allison chains like all these guys are all all these like really amazing fender players so um for me fender was the natural choice it was the only choice and it was really hard honestly you know i don't know if a lot of people know anything about these guitar companies man but it's like fender is very very particular about who they represent so it was really like a dream come true to just be considered to have a partnership with these cats, you know? So, worthy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, you know, I've, I've played Gibson's and stuff and there's, there's actually a few Gibson tones on the record, you know, because of mm. the particular tone, which can be useful. But when I'm up there on the stage, man, I I can't, it's like, that's uh, my sword. It's my blade of choice, man. It's like a, the Katana, the Katana versus the broadsword. You know? Right. Katana. Right. you know so i'm just really happy to be like finally working with them and then just to be considered in in the legacy of seattle players that that partnered with fender
0: for many years man so it's really cool that is really cool and and, i mean talking about your sound i read a really cool line somewhere where you'd said uh about your sound or the noise in your record um you said it's all about the imperfections and it's the imperfections Mm -hmm. that make it perfect yeah can you can you expand on that a little bit for someone who's maybe not a musician or what that means like
1: the, the most impressive uh, musical tones and and music are are tones that emulate human imperfections you know and so uh, the human voice sings on, on, on the dobro the slides you know I like can listen to somebody like Derek Trucks, for instance who's mm-hmm. an amazing slide blur um, listen to the way he makes it sound he, he has these like these really interesting human vocal inflictions you know and that's what people just like it freaks people out it draws them in um, the uh the distortion and the feedback, you know, on, on, on your guitar. Like that's what draws people in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's not it's not the clean, not always the clean, chunky sound, you know. Um so I to me it's always been about being, you know, thrashy and keeping it very human like to me humans are like these perfectly flawed like beings that exist you know like on one side we're like this really amazing intelligent beings that would have this great potential on this other side we're just like these savage animals you know and like so to me like it's really important it was always really important to get that kind of tone on the record you know get the Mm -hmm. beauty the savage beauty you know what i'm saying like this animalistic sound but with with
0: this this human contemplation you know Yeah, something about rock and roll too. I find that it it feels more rock and roll when it's raw, you know. Yeah, and it's not yeah. it's not so cleaned up. To every tone is perfect, and um, I don't know if you heard the album, but uh, my favorite album in twenty nineteen was Feral Roots by the Rival Sons. I didn't listen to the whole album. Man. I've heard some songs off of that And movie. and now uh, I, I I actually did a, a podcast with those guys the week it came out. Yeah, and, and it was the. Scott, I think his name is Scott Holiday, the uh, the yeah, guitarist, he was telling me, he's like, man, we went into the studio and we just made that album. Like, it yeah. was pre-prepared. They're like, we didn't rehearse. We just made the album. That's and tight, you know, and it's it. so sick. It's so raw. And I'm like, that's what makes it so rock and roll, you know? And that's yeah. kind of what, you know, the impression I got from that, that statement. <laughs>
1: Too. absolutely man it's i you don't want i don't want it to be crispy and clean man you know there, And there's, there's a song with you on the record like i worked with uh, a cat named drew folk who uh has worked with i believe he worked with pop smoke no i'm sorry pop evil um mm-hmm. he's, you know he's worked with a couple of different really hard-hitting number one bands man and, and um um you know that that song free is definitely more of a, mm-hmm. of a, of a, of a it's got like a poppier tone to it you know mm-hmm. um but I never really wanted it to be like a cookie cutter thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I always wanted the, the tone to just be like raw, just raw as fuck, dude. Just like having that, like that thing, you know what I'm saying? Like that fire, man, you know? Wicked, man.
0: Tell me, uh, tell me about a couple more questions before I, before I wrap it up with you. Tell me, about sure, your, yeah. tell me about your relationship with Sir Mix-a-Lot.
1: Oh man, he's like my big brother, man. I That's call right. that guy where I can, uh, especially when it concerns. we may not talk for a long time, but when we do talk, we talk for hours, man. And uh it's uh, he was the first person to see the potential of me to be something more than, than a bar band, you know, and just like playing a bar band and having like this thing. You know, he gave me the opportunity to actually record a record, uh, my first record, and um, it taught me a lot about what it meant to be a recording artist. And that, a lot of that was that's what inspired me, honestly, to, to do it. It was like going up I and mean, you can hear it in, in my first you know, indie record. If you get a hold of it, you know, you'll hear it. I mean, some of these songs that are on the record now came from that album. Mm-hmm. And um, you know then they're just like they're more they're obviously they're more modern versions of those songs but those songs were written for a long time and even back then you, you could hear it it was like the raw potential was there but it, i didn't hadn't quite decided i wanted to be a recording artist yet so
0: mm-hmm.
1: he was the first person to take that that chance and say hey man i want to help you record your first record and um it sent me on this path man and then, then after working with janelle monae i knew it you know yeah. that was it it changed my world but yeah mix has always been uh, my big brother. he's always been in my corner man i can call him pretty much time and talk to him about almost anything man so he's have, one you, of most-
0: have you heard from him since the release of the record
1: oh uh, we haven't talked since the release no i and you know right. my release is at least it's friday so it's like what is it wednesday it's almost been a week so yeah yeah uh, yeah it's so, uh, well, still, well, I, I, go ahead i was gonna say i'll probably talk to him here pretty soon we, we, i've been thinking so we'll probably talk here pretty soon
0: nice what did you do with Jan- janelle Monet? So,
1: I didn't work with her directly, but I worked with a, a band that was, was uh, comprised of her producers. So, there's this okay. band, if you get a chance to look them up, called Deep Cotton. Okay. And uh, it's comprised of Chuck Lighting and Nate Wonder, who were the producers on her earlier work. You know, I'm not sure if they're still working with her on that capacity or not. Uh, and So, Janelle had her own label at the time, Wonderland. And so she would take out some of the bands uh, from her label out on tour with her initially, right? So, we had, you know, um, it was um, Deep Cotton. Uh, it was Roman John Arthur, who was also one of the composers on her record, um, and then a couple other acts that were associated with her label. And so they called me up from Seattle. I got a call from Austin Hendricks, who was a good friend of mine from the Hendricks family. I'm, I'm really close with the the people. Amazing. So I call up, I call up Austin. Hendrix, he calls me up after, you know, I used to play his dad's venue down here in, in Queen Anne. There's like a little small. Okay. Played there every Wednesday night. Or Thursday night. And he, so his dad and Sean Kemp own this place together. And so that's how I got to- Basketball player. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I Initially, so I have these really interesting stories that that go, I, I mean, I tell cats these stories and they go way deeper than anybody knows. So I, I've known Sean Kemp for many years.
0: Okay, I'm, tell me one. I've, I would love to hear one.
1: Uh when Sean smoked me out on my birthday,
0: <laughs> this
1: is back. I mean, I'm telling this story. I mean, I'm, kind of, Sean. If you see this, I'm sorry, but <laughs> uh, he smoked me out on my I'm like. It was had to be like my 23rd, 24th birthday, man. I'm down at the bistro, and he was just like shot, shot, shots. We hot, we hot boxed in his, uh, in his, uh, what was that? Um, a Hummer, you know what I'm saying? So I used to see him all the time, man. <laughs> it, was crazy, it was crazy. He was such a cool cat, man. He was so sweet to me. Um, you know we haven't talked in years, but uh, Sean was always really great. But anyways, back to the, the Troy Wright story. So I got to know Troy Wright through that. Troy Wright used to be married to Janie Hendrix, and that's why I met Austin Hendrix, who was Troy, Troy and Janie's son. And so Austin calls me up one day and he says, "Hey man, um, you know I want to uh, uh, offer this to you. Like they're looking for a guitar player for this thing. Go look it up." I said, "Okay, cool." And then uh, they flew me out to Atlanta and I, I played with them and then they flew me out on tour. So I went to, for about a week long tour with them. And that's when I decided I just watching Janelle in that capacity, I got to see her behind the scenes. And this is you a know, major recording artist at this time, releasing really her, her debut record. And I just saw the work ethic and all the things going on and now I was, I was like, I really want that for myself. And after that, like, I think I did a few other things. I, I, I did some shows in New Orleans with those guys. I did some shows in, um, in LA and you know so i after that they they were like yo man do you want to move out here to come join the band and i was like man no <laughs>
0: unfortunately
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah thing you know oh, i wanted to own do thing, my own thing which which took me you know maybe a little bit longer than it would have mm-hmm. otherwise you know like sure I, I would have been able to play as a rhythm guitar player in this band but like right. i wouldn't have been living true to my intentions and myself so it did take me a few more years to after i decided that to make it happen but it was the best decision i think i could have made for myself now your story
0: was to be written a different way my friend
1: yeah yeah, yeah. but i'm so happy to have them be a part of my story the whole wonderland crew was so amazing Ch- chuck and, and nate and janelle and, Ro- and roman john arthur kalindo parker all those guys Really inspirational, and those guys, and, and not only that, man. You know, it's it's one thing when you're when you're, you know, when you're you go on tour and stuff with other bands, and you see all these cats. It's it's cool, man. But like when it's a a, a label full of black rock and pop and R and B artists, man, it's like something very mm-hmm. empowering about that as as a as a black person, man. To to get other empowering black people around me, it just like was like you can do this, man. It's mm-hmm. like it made me the heart, roll, but you can get it done. So that was so inspirational with those guys, man. So I'm, I'm forever thankful for that
0: that opportunity. That's really cool. Yep. Do you do you have like a, a bucket list of people you'd love to jam with or play with? A bucket list of people I love
1: to jam with to play with. I don't know, man. You know, I try to keep those things wide open. I don't know. Yeah, if there's yeah. a, I know. I know Slash is someone I would love to play with. I, would, I know I'd love to play with Lenny Kravitz and just collaborate with him. Um, I'm actually supposed to be playing with Gary Clark Jr. in the really. Yeah, we have a, an event. There's a charity event in New York we're doing together. That's super sick uh and so but i'd love to play with him though like on a track or something uh john legend i think we got to
0: get that going man i think we got to yeah. get wheels moving yeah that his last yeah. album was so good too man oh it so good, man. I loved oh. It. yeah that was so good
1: too. yeah i loved it man i i you know with gary it's so funny because i'll listen to it initially i'm like that's ah, all right <laughs> <just> <laughs> Damn, this is really this is really good okay <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah because it's like he, he does this really brilliant thing where he makes everything sound super simple mm-hmm. and you go back and listen to it again you realize that it's it's just brilliant man there's so many so many layers to it that are just like mind-blowing you know he's, he's also got this simple approach as I do to recording guitar which is like especially with a song like my love remains you know it, that, my love remains is is, is is pretty much like five songs five versions of the same song on top of it. So, you know what I'm saying? So it's like very similar approach to his sound as well. But, but anyways, this is, this is like a plethora of different people. I try to keep it open because like, I don't yeah. like be like, Oh, I want to do this with this problem. It's like all these people will be dope. You know, I would yeah. love to work with just about anybody, honestly, who's, who's been doing it for a long time. So. Cool, man.
0: Before, just before we wrap, tell me what it was like to tour with Guns and Roses.
1: Oh, you know, I, I'll I'll say this, man. I didn't tour with Guns N' Roses, but I did. I've been working with Duff for many years, and uh, just to have the opportunity to open for him when we did, was amazing. You know, it was it was a uh, it it was incredible, and and having the relationship with Duff was incredible. Um, that was a moment for me because I just signed, you know, a contract with uh, my first big entertainment firm. Um, I had you know we were just about to go on this big tour. And, uh, we just dropped my, like, you know, my, my second indie record or whatever, and everything was going great. And then Duff McKagan is like, came had come to a show and then that was how it all happened. We came together, man. Like really? he came to the show, loved it. And then he was like, yo, man, like, love your work. And we decided, like, we asked him, we could open for him and he, he set it up, man. So it was beautiful. It was
0: was beautiful. it in Seattle that, that you opened for them?
1: It was at the Gorge. It was at the Gorge oh, here cool. in, Seattle, in, in Seattle, man. And which is my second time on that main stage, which was great, man. which was just awesome. Mm-hmm um but that was a, a you know hope it opened up some opportunities for us hopefully we can get those conversations going again you know mm-hmm. pretty soon. i've got the right because at the time I, I'm, I'm indie you know at the time i'm like we we're showing up in a minivan in a, in a in a in a lawnmower trailer with our gear you know and so yeah so now that yeah. that, that things are changed it's gonna i think we're gonna open it up again
0: i was gonna say i'm i bet you're itching to get out there again <laughs> so itching man I, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm really i'm really you know i'm missing I think you like,
0: got quite a few dates though lined up at least for the summer and stuff. So. Yep, I just got to sit some more dates too, man. So it's yeah. It's, I think twenty twenty two is really
1: going to be the year. You yeah, persist- man, I hope
0: yeah. so. Man, we're I'm, I'm in Toronto. We're we're we've been in lockdown since Christmas. What? It's crazy. still man. It's like until actually next week's when we're opening up again. Quote. That's unquote. crazy. Uh, it's been yeah, it's rough here man. Like that's I, I've it's been killing me too cuz I've been seeing the tour dates go out and like no Canadian dates because we're still such a question mark like I I I the only
1: Canadian dates I'm seeing right now I'm just just from you know the side of things next year yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're saying there might be might be some shows by the end of August maybe by the fall there's like two official genesis is doing like a reunion Nice. (laughs) two shows in our arena and that maybe and and megadeth is doing like a big gig Uh at the end of september and i was like please please don't cancel you know like Uh, so hopefully i don't know know what you guys um, statuses out there, man. I, uh, mm. but you
1: know, I, here in America and, and in this, I'm on, we're on the most strictest COVID side, right? So yeah. if, if the, the, the Midwest and like the South and the East coast, those guys are way more la- like the, the, let's say the South and the Midwest are super lax, you know, yeah. the East Coast is kind of in between the West coast is super duper strict. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that Washington state is opening up, um, come June 30th, he said that he's going to, everything's going to go back to open.
0: Yes, I mean Seattle was the one of the very first places to shut down. I remember, right? Because we we were the first
1: that they they realized that it hit. I, I, yeah. we, I don't, even at that time though, I don't even think we were the worst. I think they just knew about it here first. You yeah. know, like, and so yeah, we were the one of the first to shut down. Everybody's freaking out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was I was supposed to see Pearl Jam the week the week that everything shut down. They, had to cancel they, their were their first, they were the first band to cancel everything oh yeah oh yeah those guys were not having it they were like you know oh yeah, yeah. they were like right <laughs> away yeah man it was like one yeah. more week and one more week <laughs> was
1: like, yeah yeah, i know man but it's, it's all good man I, you know i kind of had a chance to travel during this and kind of seen how different people I, I feel bad for everybody because everyone wants to blame somebody else for how covid was, was handled or done there's nothing you could have done there's nothing no, there's I no book done. there's no book to say there, yeah it's like there's no i mean there really wasn't any playbook yeah. it, it,
0: it, it, we are you know, slow because we were slow getting the vaccine. So yeah, yeah, you know, we're catching yeah. up now. Things hopefully, you know, here in Canada, like especially because the summer is so important to us here in Canada. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, I know. You know I know. same yeah. thing in Seattle. You no, know, it's like if we lose our summer, it's like it's just like the year's worth of seasonal depression. You know, like oh, that's what I'm saying. The same thing here. We
1: get it's it's, it's rain for us. It's not the, right. the snow yeah. as much, but, but it's the rain for us, right, And like, the summer times are so. This is the whole point. We live here. It's like it's so beautiful here in the summertime. Uh, right. It's it's worth it, you know. And then the different seasons of change and like the fact that we have like dynamic, you know, mountain ranges. Like that's cool too. But you know, it's like it'll rain for eight or nine months if we don't get the sun. When we do, man. You yeah. Know? So it's like, I feel you. If you lose that summer, it's
0: like it's gonna be a bad year, man. Yeah, we're already eating into it, and so we're like, get us, get us. <laughs> You'll be all right, man. I think Let us get back soon.
1: You'll see once that vaccine starts to hit, man, it'll be all good. I mean, they, we yeah, got they we, nervous here, but... They, they yeah, we,
0: we just hit 50% for the first dose, but they took a different approach here where they're trying to get the first dose in everyone first and then catch up on the second dose. That's strange. It is. Like, my I had my first two weeks ago, and my second one's in August.
1: Crazy. That's nuts, dude. Are you serious? That's yeah, so crazy.
0: Yeah, I think they'll push this. Now that we're getting more, they'll push it up. But uh, yeah, that's
1: good. That's the, good, man. The
0: strategy was get one into everybody first, so we at least have some kind of immunity, and then uh, yeah. So, anyways, yeah, man. So, I hope I hope that we will see you if not in the fall, then in twenty twenty two. It'll happen, man. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. You know, I'm looking yeah, forward to it. I'm looking all forward. All right, to well, you. we'll do episode number two. Yeah, and you're here next time, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. It'll be dope. We'll sit in person, have a beer or something, man. Sounds good, buddy. All righty. All right, good talking with you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Congrats on the album, man, and all the best. Thank you, bud. Talk to you soon. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. The Adamantium.